Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome Welcome to another episode of Deportation Defense Live. Thank you for being here. My name's Otis Landerholm, and I am your host today of uh, Deportation Defense Live and also of the Empowered Immigrant Live and the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. So however you're joining us, welcome and thank you for joining us. Whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or LinkedIn um, or Instagram, like thank you and welcome, and I really, uh, I really appreciate your um, your tuning in today. All right, it is the fourth of April of 2023. We're already in the month of April. Can you believe it? It's amazing. So, so welcome and thank you for being here. Remember, Deportation Defense Live is here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants who are facing deportation to make the most out of immigration law, to make the most out of their lives, and to win their cases. Are you facing removal in immigration court? Do you know somebody who's facing removal in immigration court? Because if so, you know that it is not easy. It's an uphill battle. The laws are against us. And here at the Deportation Offense Live, we're here to maximize your chances of winning that case. Today, I want to talk about the U-Visa process. U-Visas, ladies and gentlemen, all right? I want to talk about the U-Visa process for people who are in immigration court, okay? And so we have lots of people, clients, who are in immigration court and who have also been the victims of crimes um, at some point during their lives in the U.S., and so um, sometimes we can use the U visa process to win our case in immigration court and to prevent or avoid a deportation order. And so I want to go through that. Um, as always, as I'm talking about the law, if you've got questions, send them my way. Not a problem. I want to answer as many questions as I, as I can today. Um, and as always, after this, I'll do this episode in Spanish. If you speak Spanish, you can join us in about 30 minutes or so, and we'll do this in Spanish. Okay? All right. Uh, before we get started, I want to start with a small empowerment tip. All right? You ready? My tip today is if you want to make more money, if you want to be more successful, all right, in whatever that means to you, my advice is do not go cheap on the things that matter. Don't try to save money on the things that matter. Don't be cheap on yourself, all right? But it's okay to go cheap on everything else, all right? And, and I want to I wanna break that down a little bit. You know, so many of our clients come in after working with lawyers, notarios, law firms, 
that were the cheap option and who didn't put the time and effort and discipline into their case that the case required and then now they're coming in to our firm or they're looking for new representation and it's like oh man you know going cheap on an immigration lawyer can be a horrible horrible mistake all right and sometimes those same clients it's like i follow them out into the parking lot and they're driving a brand new pickup truck or they're maybe they're holding a brand new iphone right or they've got their new apple watch on their wrist or whatever it is for you and it's like man let's think things through let's think it through right if you want to be more successful focus your money on paying for the things that really matter for you and decrease your money from the things that just feel good in the moment i mean you know i've got you know it's okay to spend money on nice things but make sure that you've got the money to spend to to not not cut yourself short on the things that really really are important for you okay so i wanted to say that you know i hope that's useful i hope that that's helpful um let me know if it was or if it wasn't let me know you know um be um anyway don't don't nickel and dime yourself on things that and on services that really matter all right that's all i got for right now uh now i want to turn my attention talk about the theme for today and what i really want to talk about is you know what are the steps that you take if you've been the victim of a crime if you're wanting to file for a u visa while you're also in immigration court okay and now the basics right are that you can't file you know the the immigration judge does not have jurisdiction over u visas i don't know if everybody is aware of that if you're not now you know all right the immigration the immigration judge cannot say i approve your u visa they can't they don't have the legal authority to say that only uscis has the authority to decide the u visa not the immigration judge and so you know you've got to do a little bit of a dance you've got to work with two separate agencies at the same time dance number 1 is with the immigration judge and dance number 2 is with USCIS and so you got to think about how you're going to submit a case right like what are the steps you're going to take and this is the way my firm does it and if you've got questions as i'm talking send them over you know but uh this is the way my firm does it step 1 is you know depending on when your master calendar hearing is all right go to the hearing and tell the judge what your game plan is all right now that might come first that might come second um or even third but you you want to make sure your judge understands that you're going to be requesting a u visa okay 
Um, and sometimes you prepare a uh, secondary application to be on file in court if the judge requires it, just in case the U visa is not approved. Okay? Step two, the way our office does it, is if you've been the victim of the qualifying crime, and if you've cooperated with the police or the district attorney in the investigation or the prosecution of the crime, then you ask for the police or the DA to certify your U visa. Step two is the certification request. Okay? Hopefully that's clear. Step three, then, is once the law enforcement agency certifies it, you will have six months to file your visa packet, your U-Visa application, which in our office is about that thick, right? It's often like 200 pages of documents. To prepare that, you go get your psych evaluation, go get your medical records, put everything else together to show how you suffered as a result of the crime, to show, include the certification and how you have been helpful in the investigation or the prosecution of the crime and to include your waivers of any inadmissibility issues that might be there with your, um, you know, especially that, that may have caused you to be put into deportation proceedings from the beginning. Okay? So you, you include the waiver packet along with all the other evidence for your U visa and you file your case to USCIS. Got it? Step four, then, we're doing great. Step four, then, is that once the U visa is on file, USCIS will send you receipt notices. Those receipt notices will have case numbers. They will serve as proof that you have filed your case. Once you have those things, you can prepare a motion to the judge. All right? That motion can be, uh, depending on the judge, they can take it different ways. It might be a motion for administrative closure, to close your case so you don't have any more hearings while the U visa is pending. Sometimes you might be able to apply for termination of your case. So you're, you're, you, you won the case in court and you can just focus on the U visa. Hopefully, the judge will grant one of those motions. That will allow you to not have hearings throughout the years and years and years that your U visa will be pending. 15, 20, 25, whatever it is, years that the law requires um, to address all of the backlogs that are waiting, pending for the U visa to be approved. All right? Step five, then, is you wait, 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 the, you know, four to five years or so for the work permit, 10, 15, 20 years or more, depending on when you submitted your U visa, for the full U visa approval. Step six is once that visa is fully, finally approved, then if your case was administratively closed, right, or on a status docket or whatever, however the judge was handling it, then you file a motion to terminate your case in court if it wasn't already terminated. And at that point, you've won. You're not in removal proceedings anymore. 
All right, and then then you can really have the victory. Um, and three years, right after the U visa is issued, you can file for your green card. And once you have a green card, now you have a travel document. Now you're really um, you're not in immigration court now. Now um, now life is life is good. Okay. So um, that's the process, all right? Now, sometimes, as always, right, there are good judges and bad judges. There are good immigration courts, there's bad immigration courts, not so good immigration courts. Some judges will be willing to let you close proceedings. Some judges might not be willing, all right? Um, if you're in front of a judge that will not be willing, then you've got to have a plan B. And plan B, it might be asylum, might be cancellation of removal. It might be, you know, it could be all kinds of things. Adjustment of status, if you're married to a U.S. citizen and adjustment eligible. You might have a plan B, you might have a plan C to submit an immigration court. If those plan Bs and Cs fail, right, then you should appeal them. And if the appeal fails, you should appeal them again. All the while, your U visa is pending and pending and pending, right? And then eventually, hopefully, you can still be in proceedings once the U visa is finally adjudicated, or at least once you've got your work permit. Hopefully, you can use that to um, prevent yourself from getting physically removed from the U.S., the last thing that I had to say, worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, you file a U visa, ICE comes and arrests you and deports you, maybe for something completely different, for, you know, for some other reason, all right? Maybe you already had a deportation order against you. Have a, you know, lawyers can help prevent that type of thing, by the way. But imagine you're in that situation. Maybe you're already deported and you're filing for a U visa, right? Or maybe you just filed for a U visa and then you got an arrest against you and now you're getting deported, right? Well, there are ways to prevent the deportation as much as possible. There's work that can be done there. But what I want to say is if a person is literally removed from the country, and they have a U visa on file and pending, after years and years and years, it is still possible to get that U visa approved. And it's possible to return to the US even after a deportation. So I wanted to say that. Um, that's basically the way it works, all right? Just remember, you're doing a two-step dance, Once one, one dance, so to speak, is in immigration court with the immigration judge. The other dance, so to speak, is with USCIS because the immigration judge doesn't have jurisdiction over a U visa. So you've got to be fighting in US, with USCIS and also um, working in immigration court. That's what I wanted to dis explain today. Now, send me your questions as you've got them. I see a couple here. Christopher Carbajal, hello. Uh, great to see you. Sha Shazada Malik, 
Hello, thank you. Um, yours says ground without prejudice. Oh, oh, I see. They granted, I see what you're saying. They grant, uh, this is what I understand. Mr. Malik, thank you for asking this. They approved a motion to terminate without prejudice. Is that what they're saying? A motion to terminate approved without prejudice. What that means, give me this decision to me. Please tell me what's next. Okay, Mr. Malik, thank you. Just so I'm super clear, you might need to contact our office to really look at whatever decision was given to you to really be super clear about it. But this is sometimes what happens, all right? You get sent a motion to terminate, all right? But it's terminated without prejudice. So then what does that mean? This is a great question. This is a great topic for a video. Um, basically what it means is, hey, you won your case, congratulations, all right? You won your case, congratulations, but DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, can refile your case again at some point in the future if they want, you, if they want to. Like, it's without prejudice to them to refile, to restart a new deportation case if, if the government decides to. In other words, maybe you won your case today, but if you were to get arrested again or have some other problem or if immigration decides that you know something, they, they, um, you know, they, don't tr you know, they want to put new allegations against you or something, like it's without prejudice to, to them to refile the case. That's what it means. Okay, so I hope that was helpful, Mr. Malik. Thank you for asking that. I think I've gotten another question here. Oh, yeah, Ram G. Okay, Ram G, I see your question. And Mr. Malik, thank you. Like, if you still have questions, please give us a call. We'd love to, we'd love to answer it, all right? We'd love to talk it through. Um, Ram G, I see your case. My I-130 was approved. Can I file a motion to reopen a removal order, and will that help me? Okay, that's a great question, too. Ramji, the answer is it depends. All right, it depends. I'm glad your I-130 was approved. The, the big question is, are you eligible to adjust status? Okay, were you lawfully admitted to the U.S. when you first entered, or when you most recently entered the U.S.? Um... That's an important detail. Um, are you still in a bona fide relationship with your U.S. citizen petitioner or with your, um, the petitioner that got your I-130 approved? All right. And are you otherwise, quote, unquote, admissible? If you, if you like, no arrests, no drug use, no uh, misrepresentation of any kind, never helped any person enter the U.S. unlawfully, never claimed citizenship falsely, never voted unlawfully. There's a lot of inadmissibility questions to go through just to make sure you don't have any red flags there. But basically, if you were inspected and admitted or paroled into the U.S., if you have a bona fide relationship with a U.S. citizen spouse or a U.S. citizen child who's 21 who filed and you have your I-130 approved, and if you're admissible, yeah, you should be eligible to file a motion to reopen to get that case approved in court, okay? So, Ram G, my best advice there is, first of all, congrats that you got your I-130 approved, but now let's do a consultation and let's really look at it, okay? And so, you know, if you click uh, or if you see the, the, the video here, then, yeah, you should be able to, um, 
you should be able to file a motion to reopen if you're adjustment eligible. Okay? And if you're not adjustment eligible, then you might still be able to reopen, but you might have to do it through the U.S. consulate. Reopen the case in court, request voluntary departure to then consular process. Um, anyway, there's more, there's more to uh, the different strategies and options that are available. Let's start with a consultation. We can get to the bottom of that. Okay? Uh, Mr. Malik, can I apply for a green card after? There, thank you for asking that question. The answer is it depends. All right? It depends. So um, if your case was granted without prejudice, that's good. All right? But now, that, so you're not in immigration court anymore, but can you apply for a green card? If you're eligible for a green card, then yes. All right? But you want to be careful about green card eligibility. Like, let's do a consult first, and let's determine, really, that you're eligible for a green card. You have a U.S. citizen spouse. You have a U.S. citizen child who's turned 21. You have a green card holding spouse who's about to apply for citizenship. You know, um, or you have some other petitioner who's filed a petition, but you have to still be in lawful status. That's probably going to be tough if you were just in removal proceedings, though. So I would say, you know, I would say it depends on your specific situation. Let's, let's get to the bottom of it. Okay? I think those are all the questions that I got. Christopher, thank you for asking your question. Mr. Malik, thank you for asking your question. Ramji, thank you for asking your question. If you're tuning in right now, thanks for being here. All right? My name's Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. Um, you know, uh, if this was useful, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube, hit that notifications bell, you know, that means something to me. It's like, wow, this is useful content. I, I appreciate knowing that, you know, I'd love it if everybody took a moment and did that. Um, and if you are an immigrant, if you are in removal proceedings, or if you have any questions about your case, hey, give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help. Okay? So thank you so much. Hope you're doing well. We'll see you next time on our next episode of Deportation Defense Live.